0: Well, here we go. It's another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. And as much as it well, the games aren't for a while yet, feels like it's game day always when we talk about the Buffalo Bills in the upcoming season. So much excitement in the air. Matt Bove, Channel Seven, WKBW TV Sports Director, as always, joins me here on the program. What's going on, brother? How are you?
1: Oh, not much. You know, we're getting ready for a little bit of a break for everybody. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying their summer up to this point. It's been pretty hot. Let's keep it going. And you know what? Training camp's inching close. That's a good and a bad thing. Like, I love the fact that we're getting close to training camp and we're getting close to football, but it also means summer's going by a little bit too fast, as it I feel
0: like it always does. But, yeah, no complaints on my end. And real quickly, I'll tell you, I was out at, um, this past weekend, I was out at Highmark Stadium for USA Football's uh, Youth Kid Fan Fest, basically, to participate. Not as a media member. I think you were there, actually, uh, as a media member. But uh, and I know your station was. But Max participating on the field and doing all the football drills. But I saw so many people who just, you know, would come up and go, what do you think? What do you think? They're getting excited. And that was really cool. You know, you could just feel it in the air at an event like that where everybody's coming back to the stadium, even if it's not for a Buffalo Bills game. And it's
1: not even like there. Obviously, if people are there for a football events, they're probably interested in football. It's everywhere you go. It doesn't matter the setting, doesn't matter the situation. I can't tell you how many times somebody has come up to me in the last five, six months and asked me, a, and they're not even just like questions like, how are the bills going to be this year? Because that's what we've had for a while. It's like, hey, you think Arise is going to be able to hold? Is that going to be an issue? Or it's like, hey, what's the deal with Tavon Austin? Could he make this team? So people are like, they're not just into it. People are like really, really into
0: it and they're ready. And that's exciting. And we're really into telling you all about the state of the Bills. We went through the quarterback and running back position on the last episode. So now we're going to fire up the pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. And actually, Matt, that's where I want to start, because I've been saying on WGR now for several months that I don't think that fans should really look at the Bills receivers necessarily as wide receivers, tight ends and running backs. I think they should just look at them as pass catchers. Now, of course, they're actually playing those positions, wide receiver, tight end and running back, and they'll be listed as those on the roster. But it seems to me like the Bills have constructed a team here where they have just all different kinds of pass catchers that they can mix and match on the field. And I think that's going to bring us to the tight ends more than the receivers when we talk about them. But even for the receivers, there's just so many of them. This is going to be an absolute dogfight when it comes time for training camp.
1: Yeah, it's weapons. These guys are weapons for Josh Allen, and they are all meant to do something a little differently than their counterparts. And that's what the Bills are banking on. And you know, when we think of wide receivers, we think of the guys that they have, and they want people who can stretch the field. They want people who can create yards after the catch. That's something this team has struggled with. They want somebody who can be physical and who can win those one-on-one battles. And then they also want tight ends that find space. They want tight ends who they can trust in the red zone. They want tight ends that bring them more versatility than they've had. So I think when you look at the group as a whole, pass catchers, this is about as deep this as this team has been. That doesn't necessarily mean the position groups individually are stronger than they've been, because I'm willing to make the argument that last year's wide receiver room was more talented than this year's wide receiver room. But then I think when you take into account the addition of O.J. Howard, when you take into account the addition of James Cook, now top to bottom, they've got options. And that's a good thing for the
0: Bills, and it's a great thing for Josh Allen. I don't think we need to spend much time on the top two guys because we know it's Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. I think the only question there would be two questions. You know, Could Stephon Diggs you know, continue You know, his monster pace he's been on the last couple of years and all the targets and all the, excuse me, receptions and what he's meant to Josh Allen. But I also think that, you know, the other question is Gabriel Davis and can he really elevate himself into that true number two role, especially after what we saw in Kansas City, the four touchdown performance. I think a lot of people are expecting a really big year, but he also wasn't expected to be that guy last year and they had Emmanuel Sanders. They don't anymore. Now he's going to get a lot more of the snaps. He's going to get a lot more of the targets.
1: The thing that concerns me, and once again, like I'm knocking on wood while I'm saying this, it's not about Gabriel Davis getting an expanded role. It's that I feel there's a pretty big drop-off with their specific wide receivers that they're going to line up on the outside after Diggs and after Davis. And if either one of them is injured for any substantial period of time, I'm curious what they're going to do. They have other options that they can line up on the inside. They've got Isaiah McKenzie. They're going to use Khalil Shakir in some way. Jamison Crowder is going to play the slot for this team. So it's not like they're going to be completely bare if they're dealing with an injury, but they don't have a lot of other guys who specifically thrive in that role, like lining up on the outside. So I think they'll be fine. They do just need to stay healthy, and that's a big ask, obviously, when we're talking about the NFL. But from a strictly like these guys are healthy standpoint, Stefan Diggs to me, top five receiver in the NFL, and I think Gabriel Davis is just continuing to trend in the right direction. He's not going to obviously have four touchdowns every game like the last time we saw him on the field, but I think he is a bona fide, legit number two wide receiver, and I think he's proven that when thrown to, He will make the big play that started his rookie year and it continued into his sophomore year. I know the two of us, Sal. I was banging the gavel so many times last year. Like, why is this guy not playing more? They trusted Emmanuel Sanders. They trusted the veteran. Now that that guy's not here, Gabriel Davis is going to get those snaps. And I think they're going to be a better offense because of it.
0: So he is not a burner per se, but you're right. He makes big plays, right? His yards per catch. He's always down the field. He has a knack for his route running. We saw in the Kansas city game is just incredible. I agree with you about Gabriel Davis, you know, expected role. And the question is, you know, can he handle that volume? He should be able to, but we'll see in short of injury. I think the bills are in very good hands with their top two. After that, it becomes a little bit interesting because. So there are 11 receivers on this club. The top two, we just went through Diggs and Davis. Then it's. I'm just going to give you them in this order. Most of them are the guys near the top of the head right, in the depth chart, but it's McK- Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, Khalil Shakir, Marquez Stevenson, Jake Kumro, Isaiah Hodgins, Tavon Austin, Tanner Gentry, and the undrafted free agent out of BYU, Neil Powell. So when you look at that group, a lot, of, a lot of the conventional wisdom I know that we've talked about on the radio side of things is maybe McKenzie, Crowder, and Shakir are kind of fighting for two spots because – It seems like they all have the same skill set. Now, I don't think that has to be true necessarily, but it just kind of feels like aren't you kind of doubling and tripling up if you keep all three of them on the roster?
1: I think that all three of them will be on the roster at this point in the offseason. I think Khalil Shakir is maybe their long term project hope at slot. So they have Jamison Crowder now. He's the guy to bridge the gap between Cole Beasley and Khalil Shakir. And if Jamison Crowder turns out to be an absolute stud, then he's probably going to go get paid somewhere. If he turns out to be serviceable, then they'll probably keep him around. Or if he doesn't have a strong season, then eventually they'll move on. I know the Bills didn't give Isaiah McKenzie a ton of money, but I do think it says something that they were right out at the beginning of the offseason, re-signing Isaiah McKenzie. Like, it was one of the first moves that they made. I think it might have been, like, Saran Neal was one. He might have been two. So, I think that says something, that they truly value him. I think they like his position versatility. I also think they can trust him as an offensive playmaker. Last year, we had the questions of, like, well, can he handle the kick returns? Can he handle the punt returns? Same thing, like in the playoffs, he was getting looks In that Patriots game, they leaned on him big time when Beasley wasn't available. So I think those three are all going to make the team. For me, it's a question of after that, what happens? Do they keep six guys? Do they keep seven guys? I don't know the answer to that. We know they'll at least keep six. The question is, do they keep seven? And do they keep a guy who they value for special teams? Do they keep a guy who they value in the run game as a blocker? Those are the questions that I
0: have as we get further down the depth chart. So I am not completely convinced that Jamison Crowder makes this club. I, mm-hmm. I think that even they get him they get away, a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. If Khalil Shakir really comes out of the gates banging away and Isaiah McKenzie looks really good, I think that you know they could save some money. Now, that said, I think Jamison Crowder is a heck of a wide receiver – and he's a very good route runner. And he's exactly what you described as, hey, that's the Cole Beasley replacement. So I would still think he's going to make the club. I just don't think it's a slam dunk because of what we just talked about and what you just brought up because Khalil Shakir is making the team. The yeah. question is, does he get a jersey on game day is what it comes down to. And then it's, hey, is Isaiah McKenzie still the guy that you believe he can be and has been? And like you said, I think they have a lot of faith in him the way they've kind of treated him. Marquise Stevenson at this point, maybe 50-50 to make this team, especially after the addition of... Tavon Austin, who I think all of us agree really looked good on his first week or so in in his, in his first week or so at training camp at mini camp, I should say, but Marquez Stevenson is their investment. He is the guy they have put a lot into to try and become that return man. I think they'd like to see that through. I don't know if necessarily that means that he has to make this squad. And I think that he's a guy that's got to be on notice. Maybe once training camp begins.
1: Yeah, so I think that it will come down to one of those two to ultimately make the team. I think if it's close, they'll go with Marquez Stevenson just because he is a draft pick. He's younger. He's got potential. I think if Tavon Austin continues kind of the upward trajectory that he had from minicamp to training camp, then he does have a real shot at making the team and maybe that means stevenson is a practice squad guy. I don't think that if he doesn't make the bills team and they put him on the practice squad there would be, you know, teams lining up to go sign him just because he hasn't right. really proved he hasn't really proven anything at this point. So, I think that that is a very real competition. I would say right now, I would actually lean towards Tavon Austin. I'd say it's maybe like 60-40, Tavon Austin 40 Stevenson, but I mean, Sal, that's like to me Wide receiver might be the most interesting position battle going into training camp, even though we know the guys at the top. I'm just curious of because there's a lot of other options at the bottom. After Diggs and Davis, I mean, then it just I think McKenzie is pretty close to a lock, too. And Shakir is a lock because of where they drafted him. But after that, I think it gets
0: very interesting of how it all plays out. So Jake Kumaro comes into play here because of a question you brought up a little while ago. Who's the next outside guy? Believe it or not, <laughs> it could be Jay Kumaro is that next outside guy. Jay <laughs> Kumaro has experience doing that. He didn't play a lot. He had that touchdown in Denver. Everybody remembers. But then it comes into the special teams aspect. And when you think about a guy like Kumaro, you have to kind of put him in that bucket of him with Taiwan Jones, Tyler Medikevich, Andre Smith, who's going to be suspended You know, for the first six weeks. These are just special teams guys who happen to play a position break glass in case of emergency type of thing. Right. But in Kumaro's case, he might be a little more than break glass in case of emergency. Yes. He is a core special teamer, but he might be needed on game day to be that extra outside guy. In case someone rolls an ankle, you know, in pregame warmups or something. And I think that's why he's super interesting.
1: And I think this off season could not have gone better for him. And that has nothing to do with anything that he's done on the field, but it has everything to do with the kind of guys that they brought into the locker room, whether it was in the draft and free agency because Khalil Shakir he has position versatility, but I don't think they're just going to throw him outside. Jamison Crowder is a slot receiver. They bring back Isaiah McKenzie. He's once again, versatile, but not somebody who's going to live on the outside. And then you go further down the list. They didn't add anybody. They didn't add like another version of Gabriel Davis or Emmanuel Sanders or somebody who is specifically going to play the outside. So I think that he definitely has a shot at making the team. And I would think that he has a good shot. I think he's probably of that group of like Tavon Austin, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, and then him. I would say he's the most likely to make the team. But I would actually argue that Tavon Austin might be the most likely to make an
0: impact just given the skill set. I love what Tavon Austin's brought the first couple of weeks as well, like I said. But it's still hard for me to put him on this team. I want to see him do it. I mean, he came in fresh. He's been aiming mm-hmm. towards this. I know he's a fantastic athlete. He had this great college career, did a lot in the NFL early on, but he hasn't done a lot in a while. I want to see him hold this through training camp. I think that's hard to do. And I think by the end of training camp, maybe these young guys will surpass him. But that's what makes it super interesting. But let's talk about Isaiah Hodgins for a minute, Matt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is his time in Buffalo just up? Like, can, Does he have a shot to you know, be on the 53? Because he's been here two years now. I think a lot of people thought when they drafted him, he would be the guy that maybe Gabriel Davis actually turned into me. Maybe not the type of body and the things he's doing, but being on the field is that much. And the guy who's contributing, he hasn't. Gabriel Davis took took him over immediately when they hit the ground running in training camp their rookie year. He spent that year on IR, spent last year on the practice squad. I feel like there's just not a spot for him and he hasn't proven anything.
1: I'm like having flashbacks to like Des Lewis training camps and like things like that. I think that he has a shot, but he needs to have an exceptional training camp and he really needs to splash in the preseason. And I still think given the circumstance, given the injuries that he's dealt with, given the whole COVID way, the way that COVID has impacted the last two years in the NFL, I think that plays a factor. I would say in most instances, if you haven't, made the team up to this point, you're probably not going to make the team and you're just going to hope to be a practice squad guy. He has a shot, but I think it would be him or Kumaro. And then a lot of that would also depend on what are the other players that make the team. If they decide that they want Hodgins over Kumaro, then that means... Medikevich and Taiwan Jones probably make the team or some of the other guys who play special teams, because you still need to make sure that you can fill those positions. And I know there's probably people who are listening to this and they're rolling their eyes and they're like, they're not going to take special teams into account. Oh no, they will. percent. Oh, they very, they will. They very nice. much will. That does play a factor. There's a reason we talk about can matterize a hold because they do value special teams <laughs> and they put a, they put a lot into it.
0: All right. I actually really like what Tanner Gentry's done in camp, but I just don't think he really has much of a shot. To me, he is the perfect practice squad wide receiver. He's going to do everything he's coached to do. He's going to be reliable every day to show up, be a good guy in the building, be a good teammate. And uh, hey, it's it's not a bad living, I guess, if you can get paid to play professional football, even if you don't get a jersey on game day.
1: Yeah, and he's boys with Josh from back at Wyoming. Right. So it's like, hey, you've got the superstar franchise quarterback. Like, you know, every once in a while you throw him a bone and you're like, yeah, we'll keep your buddy on the practice squad. We'll give him a nice paycheck. Your wives and girlfriends can be friends with each other. And, you know, <laughs> this is this is also the way that sometimes these front offices think.
0: Yeah, that's right. So I I think we're all in, we're in agreement here on the back end. But in the middle, it's going to be really interesting. We'll see how it shakes out the Bills wide receiver group. How about the tight ends? We'll talk about them here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.